0: Love Talk Radio Good evening, this is your pugilistic linguistics show I am your host, Michael Foster The voice of reason in an unreasonable world And today, I'm going to say some things That I never thought that I would say in my lifetime The unthinkable has happened The Chicago Cubs have won the National League pennant, and is going to the World Series for a chance to win their first championship since 1908, 108 years. Before I get into what's about to happen, what's going to start tomorrow evening, let me first address the elephant in the room, the 108 years. It is statistically harder to not win one in over 100 years than it is to win one. So how did it happen? Well, I think a few things happened. Um, First off, this isn't the, the 108 years. 1908 was not the last time in the World Series. The last time in the series was 1945. So basically, this is the first time in the World Series since the end of the World War II when they played the Tigers. But after 45, frankly, they started losing because of terrible management. P.K. Wrigley, the owner of the Cubs at the time, uh, wasn't a man that was interested in making a good on-field team. He was interested in making gum he was PK Wrigley. Uh, in the 60s, they had a disastrous idea called the College of Coaches, to which there were like multiple managers, like four or five actual different managers who managed the Cubs a certain day of the week. So you had manager A, he would manage on Mondays, and then Manager B would do it on Tuesdays, and Manager C and so on. It was an unmitigated disaster. 1969, uh, the best team of that era basically imploded down the stretch. That was ostensibly blamed on a black cat. That crossed Ron Santos' path while he was in the on deck circle. And I believe it was in New York. And from that point forward, they lost their lead. Uh, you know, and there wasn't, I don't believe there was a championship series back then. I think in 69, you went straight to the World Series. But um, the Mets, however, just played out of their minds the last month of the season. That amazing Mets team. Uh, Went to the World Series. So, there you go. 1977. First place team for the majority of the season, and again, a late season fade. Uh, It just happened. 1984. Leon Durham. Cubs are up two games to nothing against San Diego in a best of five championship series. And Leon Durham let a ball go through his legs and they imploded, losing the series three games to two. And at that time, it was two games in Chicago and the last three were in San Diego. So uh, three games to two, the Cubs lost. San Diego went to play Detroit in the World Series. 85, everybody got hurt, basically. The team was uh, picked to finish first, and everybody got hurt. 89, the Cubs won the division and ran against Will Clark and the San Francisco Giants in the championship series, I think Will Clark hit something like 625 in that. So he just just out of his mind. And naturally, the Giants went on to play the A's in that earthquake series in 89. Early mid-90s were real dark indeed. Horrible mismanagement. Uh, perfect example, they let Greg Maddox go the year he won the Cy Young. Unexcusable. Uh, just horrible management. 98, last worst to first, uh, they beat the Giants to get into the uh, playoffs where they played against the Braves. So the Cubs won game 163 to become the wild card to get swept by the Braves in the playoffs in 98. 2003, the year of Dusty, the year of Bartman, the year of the collapse of the team that would have beaten the Yankees in the World Series. Let me talk about 2003 for a moment. Game six, eighth inning, one out, five outs to the championship covers of the league. Fly ball down the left field line into foul territory. Moises Alou jumps up. Embarkment happened. Let me say a few things about Bartman. First of all, I in no way blame him for anything. It was downright disgraceful what happened to that man after that play. He did nothing that no other fan would do. Or maybe better say this grammatically better. He did exactly what every other fan would have done. He reached for a ball that was right over his head. Moises Alou, notorious hothead, overreacted. He wasn't catching that ball anyway. But, frankly, if Alex Gonzalez steals the very next play, very next pitch, I should say, and turns that double play, they are out of the inning. And we aren't talking about this. If after he bobbles that ground ball, and the, and the Marlins begin to mount a comeback, if Dusty Baker comes out of the dugout and calms Mark Pryor down, we might not be having this conversation. And people forget the Cubs had a whole game seven to blow. Kerry Woods starts game seven and gets shelled. But Bartman is the reason. No, y'all. Bartman wasn't the reason. A tight team was the reason. 2007-2008, best teams in baseball, Lou Pinello buys into the quote-unquote cubby occurrences, and they get swept by the National League West, Diamondbacks in 07, Dodgers in 08. As a matter of fact, in 08, they went 98-64, and best record in baseball, swept in the division series. Which leads us to 15 and 16. A team seemingly impervious to history. This Cubs team, one, learned a big lesson last year by getting swept by the Mets. That I think has served them well this year in the battles they had against San Francisco and L.A. This team is impervious to history, and the main reason why is Joe Madden. He does not buy into the GOAT. I'm so tired of hearing about that damn GOAT. The GOAT. Ain't no GOAT curse, y'all. Ain't no reason why I do need to bring a damn GOAT into the stadium in the first place. Uh, Bartman or whatever other curse they want to buy in. No. The reason why those previous teams lost is because they got tight. Or they got beat. 15 and 16, this team is impervious to curses. This team plays their game. They know they're better than everyone else. And they play like it. So this is the best Cubs team that we've seen in years. I noticed a turning point with this Cubs team. It was in game three, no, game four versus the Giants. Going into the top of the ninth down four runs, dead in the water with the prospect of coming back to Chicago for game five and all of that angst that comes with it along with Johnny Cueto on the mound, something they did not want to see. This Cubs team seemingly woke up and decided, no, we're not going to have it. We're going to end this series right here and exploded for five runs in the top of the ninth. I call that their Neo-awakening. Now, what do I mean by this? In the movie The Matrix... Keanu Reeves plays a character named Neo, the character who is anointed to be the one by Morpheus, Lawrence Fishburne, in their constant battle against the Matrix. Neo resisted that title for the longest, he, he, he was not the one he did not want to be the one he was not the one he was sure that Morpheus was out of his mind. But there came a time in the movie to which Neo realized that he actually, in fact, was the one that was his awakening. And at that moment, when he accepted his destiny he was unstoppable. He had his neo-awakening. The Chicago Cubs had their neo-awakening in game four of the division series versus the Giants. You could see it when Chris Bryant started off with that base hit. For some reason, and I cannot explain it, but if you go back and look at that game, you see a a sea change in the way the Cubs were carrying themselves, and it snowballed. It was almost as if when they started scoring those runs, they accepted their destiny as the best team in baseball. Before then, there was doubt. There was angst. There was I'm not sure. When they started scoring those runs, It seemed as if they accepted their destiny. That was their neo-awakening. And they became unstoppable. Yes, they got shut out twice by the Dodgers in game two and game three. And I'm not going to lie, my panic level was at four. Had they lost game five, it would have been at eight. But the look on their faces at the beginning of game four, they were not worried. They knew somehow they would get out of that. They had been awakened to their neo-ness. Clayton Kershaw, the best pitcher on the planet, in game six, did not have a chance. The Cubs seemingly decided that this would not go to game seven. We're going to win it now. And Kyle Hendricks pitched out of his mind. He was absolutely untouchable to the point where when when the Cubs scored those two in the top of the first, I saw them come out in the, the second inning and watched Hendricks pitch and realized two was all they're going to need. He was that lights out. that neo-awakening, that collective feeling is a monster. So let's speak now about the upcoming World Series, Game 1 tomorrow night at 7 o'clock, I believe. Before we even get in-depth, I'm just going to tell you, Cubs in 5, get that out of the way. The Indians are a formidable team, no doubt. They went through some folk to get here. But in my watching of their games, I have no idea how they got here. They have survived two rounds of the playoffs with basically a starting staff put together by Scotch Tape and Spit. You've got Corey Kluber, who's starting game one, and a bunch of folk that just show up. I I understand that they're getting one of their starters back. Uh, I believe his last name is Santana. But I still, you cannot. They got through two rounds. I don't know how they did it, but you cannot get through the playoffs with your starters routinely going four and five innings. You just can't. It catches up with you eventually. It didn't against the Blue Jays. Uh, Against the Red Sox, I mean, it was just starting, so, you know, there was no cumulative effect yet. But against the Blue Jays, it didn't matter. But I really think that's going to come back and bite them in the backside against a better offensive team. On the flip side, the Cubs' starting pitchers, uh, John Lester, who's pitching out of his head right now, I'm worried about Jake Arrieta. Uh, he still hasn't been his, himself after the All-Star break, but he's liable to break loose. You know, I don't know what I'm getting out of him. But you still got Hendricks, who's pitching out of his gourd right now, and, and I need Lackey, who is, quote-unquote, signed for games like this to pull his head out of his backside, check his attitude at the door, and throw strikes. Everybody lost his, uh, his 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 attitude. You know he's 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 intense and he he gets he, he's this and he's that. How about you be a pitcher? Check your attitude and throw and throw strikes. I would love that. But throughout all that, I think the Cubs have a better pitching staff. The bullpen, however, the Cubs have a formidable bullpen, but the Indians have shown their bullpen is lights out. Andrew Miller is pitching out of his mind. I think he has like 22 strikeouts in like 10 innings or some ungodly stats like that. You want to get to him early. You get to the seventh, eighth inning, you can pretty much shut it out. Get to him early. But I got to give the bullpen advantage to the Indians. Offense. Offense. I've read some publications that give the offensive edge to the Indians, and they, and they try to, you know, just – I can't see it. Um, Indians have 230 homer guys. The Cubs have 230 homer guys. Uh, the shortstop is a power threat. Our shortstop had 95 RBIs. you got Javier Baez, who's coming to his own this uh, postseason. Uh, for a few games, he was the only offense we had. Uh, We have uh, Dexter Fowler, the catalyst, the spark plug, if you will. We've got Contreras and Montero and Ross behind the plate who collectively have hit 20 homers this year. Um, I've got – I can't see how the Indians' offense – Outweighs the Cubs offense. So I got to give the, the 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 edge to the Cub offense. Notice I didn't speak of Jason Hayward, the offensive black hole in right field. Uh, he's got to do some serious soul searching over the offseason to figure out why he can't hit a fastball. But right now, for four games, I think we can live with him out there. If not, Almora is a decent offensive player, although he hasn't shown it yet but I, I think I can put the uh, Hayward out there and live with them. Defensively, there's no match. The Cubs are the best defense in baseball. They are like a black hole. Balls go into their gloves and they do not come out. I think I read somewhere they had like a, some 95 defensive run saved, and then the next uh, team behind it was in the 40s, maybe even 30s. Just some just insane numbers. They – Flat out pick the ball. You've got Russell and Baez up the middle. You can forget about it. So defensively, I gotta go to the cup. Managers, Joe Madden versus Terry Francona. Here's where it gets difficult because Francona is well liked. His players play out of their mind form. He he seems to push every the correct button at all times. Hence, the smoke and mirrors way they got to this point. Every move seems to have worked for him. Joe Madden, same way. Even though I think sometimes he over pushes buttons, some things don't need to be done. Uh, game six versus the Dodgers, I don't think Erodis Chapman needed to come in in the eighth inning. I mean, granted, I don't get paid to do it, but Chapman didn't need to see the field in the eighth inning. You got 18 dudes down there. Somebody can put in to to get two outs. Uh, But neither here or there it worked. I wish he stopped putting them in in the eighth inning, but that's just my hope. I'm going to have to call a draw on managers. I'm going to call a draw on the managers. So what does this all mean? I said before, I think the Cubs will win in five. I think their offense is too strong. I think the pitching staff, at least the starting pitching staff, is too strong. I think the Cubs are the better team, and they will show it. There are This team does not live in history. They live in the present. They don't worry about goats. They don't worry about what if. They don't worry about whatever. They play baseball. So I say Cubs in five. We'll see how right I am starting tomorrow night. But the unthinkable has happened. The Chicago Cubs are four wins away from being world champions. I might do a subsequent follow-up to say what that means for everything. If I can get it crafted in my head without uh, offending anybody. As if I worry about that, right? But anyway, I'll be sitting in front of my television tomorrow watching the game. Maybe a little something, something to drink. Definitely a little something, something to eat. I encourage you all to do the same. Let's watch the Cubs get this championship. Because God knows the Bears ain't nowhere near it. But anyway, I'm going to bid you adieu right now. And in closing, I say, as I always do, take care of yourself, because you all you got. Peace.